This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by CARP, a new vision of aging. Support CARP with your membership today. Visit carp.ca. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. As we prepare for the COVID-19 pandemic, the latest numbers show there has been no improvement in hallway health care. And healthy eating is more important than ever now that most of us will be spending more time at home. Delicious tips with celebrity chef Mark McEwen. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. Doctors at Toronto's St. Michael's Hospital have invented a new and better way to treat a certain faulty heart valve that eliminates the need for open-heart surgery. It's been performed eight times. Before this technique was developed, tricuspid valves would typically be replaced by open-heart surgery or an incision through the ribs. This less invasive approach reduces the risk of complications, recovery time, and medications. Details are in the Journal of the American College of Cardiology, Cardiovascular Interventions. The Trudeau government is defending its decision to take more than $4 million from Veteran Affairs Canada's operating budget. It comes when the department is struggling with a backlog of tens of thousands of disability applications from injured ex-soldiers. Veterans Affairs Minister Lawrence McCauley says that money went mainly to providing emergency assistance to at-risk veterans, including some who are homeless or in crisis situations. The opposition is calling on the government to produce a detailed plan for eliminating the backlog of 44,000 applications, echoing a call made recently by the Veterans Ombudsman. In California, you may be able to become a tree after you die. If passed, a new bill would allow human composting as an eco-friendly alternative to traditional burial or cremation. Essentially, the dead could be turned into soil through a composting process. The state of Washington legalized the procedure in 2019. The bill in California has yet to have its first hearing, but the state's Catholic conference has come out against the proposed measure. An Edmonton man plans to become the first Canadian to climb Mount Everest after having a heart attack. 48-year-old Leo Naiman, an experienced climber and athlete, suffered a heart attack while working out at the gym. He later learned he had a 100% blockage to his right coronary artery. Naiman was hospitalized for nearly 10 days and had a long road of mental and physical recovery. He plans to complete the climb this May, just two years after having the heart attack. Following days of criticism, next month's planned release of Woody Allen's memoir, Apropos of Nothing, has been cancelled. The publisher made the decision after an outcry from its employees and from Allen's daughter, Dylan Farrow, who alleges she was abused by the 84-year-old director when she was a child. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 
New numbers from the Ministry of Health show that patients waiting to be admitted to hospital in January spent an average of 18.3 hours in the emergency room until a bed became available. That matches the previous monthly record set a year ago, and it suggests there's been no progress in ending hallway health care. I reached NDP health critic Franche Jelina at her constituency office in Sudbury. doesn't come as a surprise to me. I mean, this is the time of the year where we have a lot of influenza uh, circulating in Ontario. A lot of people are sick, and uh, we... We knew this. I mean, last fall, last spring, <laughs> we we told them um, hospitals in Ontario are already full at overcapacity. 1,000 people sick enough to be admitted into a hospital will sleep in a hallway tonight because there are no beds for them, and it creates huge backlog in our uh, emergency department uh, because people end up staying there, and the people who work there has very few treatment rooms available to do their work. Uh, so uh, not good. In January of this year, people spent 18.3 hours in the emergency room waiting, and that matches the monthly record in January 2019, which means uh, there's basically been no progress on hallway health care. None that anybody can see. Um, I would say in some parts of the province, it's actually getting worse, uh, not better. And, uh, and yes, it, this is not what people expect from our health care system. It does not meet their expectation. It lets people and family down, and there is no way to provide quality care in a hallway. It's just not feasible. The government has put in some measures. They've opened some closed hospitals as kind of uh, way stations between long-term care and acute care. How come none of what they've done seems to have had much of an impact? This is a problem that has built for some years. You will remember when the Liberals were in power, uh, they went with four straight years with zero budget increase to our hospital. Meanwhile, the price of drugs increased by 11%. The, per- the number of people in Ontario increased. And in our hospital, we are already the jurisdiction that has the lowest number of bed per capita, and they ask our hospital to do with zero budget increase for four years in a row, and then the subsequent years to that, they give them 1%, which is below the cost of inflation. Um, so this is a, a problem that has been in the making. Um, the conservative knew when they came in. Everybody knows where our healthcare system was at, uh, but they decided to focus on a retransformation, creating Ontario Health Teams and Ontario Health, and I have nothing against team, but you cannot only look at transformation. You have to look at the problems we have here and now. They are telling us, Health Minister Christine Elliott, the Premier, they are telling us that hospitals are prepared to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic. We've seen the pictures of the zero pressure rooms and, and all of that. Are you confident? Right now, I can tell you that uh, our public health system has really um, risen 
to the occasion, whether we talk about Toronto Public Health or uh, Sudbury with the case, uh, the um, Dr. Williams and the entire um, Ontario Public Health has, real, has done a very good job at keeping us safe, at making sure that every part of our healthcare system is ready for this pandemic. And right now, I am confident that the work of public health is working and that our healthcare system will be there for us. That is very good to hear. Anything you want to leave us with? We all have a role to play. And the role to play is really to look after ourselves and in a time of a pandemic, wash your hands, be careful, and, uh, and then we will all be a little bit better. France Jelina, thank you so much for being with us. Appreciate this. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was NDP health critic France Jelina. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. With most of us spending more time at home than usual, healthy eating is more important than ever. For tens of thousands of Canadians suffering from diabetes, it's crucial to manage weight and stave off heart disease. This is a passion for celebrity chef Mark McEwen. He dropped by our studios with some delicious food and advice on how to make it easy. We've done a coriander crust with with pepper and salt, and then we've seared the salmon in a pan. You can finish it in the oven. The sauce is is simple plum canned tomatoes, uh, a little bit of olive oil, a garlic, salt, pepper, green beans, and then salted peanuts. And then we do a Shirazi salsa with tomato, cucumber, red onion. Why did you come up with these recipes and this eating plan? People get frightened when you tell them they have to change their diet, change their habits. They, f- they find that there's a lot of anxiety with people. So what we're trying to show them is just how simple these recipes are, how accessible the products are. They sound exotic. They're super tasty. And again, they're very, very healthy. So if you were to balance your diet, your basic weekly diet on recipes like this, I think they would get it really quickly and understand how easy it is. If somebody eats a lot of junk food or heavy food, it's still a, a big adjustment to change to this? What do you say to those people? Well, I think it's a matter of your health. So if you're suffering from type 2 diabetes and, and you're eating a really, really bad fast food diet, chances are you're going to be overweight. That puts you in a high risk category for stroke and heart attack, which is really unfortunate. Let's talk about that amazing salmon dish. It looks complicated. It looks like something you'd get in a restaurant. It, it's very simple. Salmon is accessible everywhere. I recommend you always buy salmon with the skin on, scales off, skin on, and that's typically how they're sold. Uh, all the nutritional value of the fish oils are in the skin, and most of the flavors in the skin. So you pan fry that, a little bit of olive oil, salt, and pepper on it, crushed coriander seed, which you can buy in any spice aisle, and a little bit of curry powder, and you fry it skin side down till the skin is crispy, Don't even have to turn it over. You can just pop it in the oven or flip it over gently for one minute. You're on top of a tomato base made from plumbed canned tomatoes. So I recommend you buy Italian because they're always a bit sweeter. But if you have to buy domestic, that's fine. And green beans. And then the Shirazi salsa sounds really exotic, but it's tomato, cucumber, red onion, citrus, olive oil, salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic. That's all it is. How much time would it take to prepare something like that for somebody... Who isn't used to doing it? Half an hour. I I think, honestly, the hardest part of the dish is making the tomato sauce. 
So you crush the tomatoes even with your hands if you want. A little bit of onion, a little bit of olive oil, a tiny bit of garlic, tomatoes in, a little bit of fresh basil. Let it stew out for 15, 20 minutes, really basic. Season your salmon, skin side down in the pan. Probably the most difficult thing is chopping up the salsa, which it doesn't have to be exact. It can be a little coarser. It can be a little finer. It doesn't really matter. If you get the ingredients into it, you you have a really, what I consider to be a neighborhood restaurant type dish. If people can't get out, what can they make that's in their pantry, say? Well, I, I think if you have good canned tomatoes and you have canned chickpeas and and you have good canned tuna, uh, and you have anchovies and capers and good olive oil and citrus and scallions and like good, really good basics in your fridge, you can always throw together a vinaigrette. And if, if you make a great shallot vinaigrette with red wine vinegar, olive oil, a little citrus, garlic, and you, you pan sear a chicken breast, take the skin off it, pan sear it, put the vinaigrette on top of it, have it with, with steamed beans, an amazing meal. And I would really recommend, rather than, than fatty sauces, look at vinaigrettes as being the way to go forward. Add a little horseradish to that vinaigrette, put it over top of beef, you'll be amazed at how good it tastes. Or yogurt. Or yogurt. You do a yogurt dressing with a good amount of lemon juice in it, put some chives in it, some scallion in it, put that on your salad, put that on your protein. What you don't want food to be is boring. Yeah, and if people think, oh, I have to have a piece of salmon and I'm going to have a bunch of boiled Brussels sprouts on a plate, well, it's not very exciting. But if I do the Brussels sprouts with a horseradish vinaigrette and I do a Shirazi salsa, tomato, cucumber, tomato salsa with my salmon with citrus, all of a sudden that, that boring dish turned into a dish that has a lot of flavor. And roasting vegetables makes them much more tasty. Much tastier. And uh, I would recommend steaming, roasting with a little bit of olive oil, uh, and then make that little bowl of yogurt dressing. And you know, the beautiful thing is make a little extra, keep it in your fridge. You're talking about homemade dressings, which are really easy to do. What about those store-bought dressings? People order salads with or buy dressings, and it turns out they can be really bad. Full of sugar, full of sodium. Uh, you'd be amazed. People, people think that by going to a restaurant, and these are more sort of, middle category fast food restaurants that they order the salad option, they'd be blown away by how much sugar and sodium is in the dressing. So never buy those dressings. Uh, try to eliminate too much cheese in a, in a salad. A little bit of cheese is, is a good thing. Uh, too much cheese is, is, again, calorically, it's just way too high in calories. But always do a clean vinaigrette. And vinaigrettes are essentially oil. Now you can use canola oil, you can use a light olive oil, Always have a good bottle of red wine vinegar, balsamic, white balsamic. Rice wine vinegar is good, but it has sugar in it. You have to remember that. Uh, sherry vinegar, great. Mustard, always. Anchovies, always. Fresh parsley, always. These are great things. Uh, and that's, that's the way Europe, Europe's cooked that way forever. They don't buy convenience food. Everybody can make a vinaigrette, right? And I think sometimes our lifestyle and the way we've constructed our cities that we forget about the fresh aisle. We forget how easy it is to actually make a meal and how tasty it is when you do it correctly. You want to buy the perimeter of the store and that means you want to buy the fresh aisle of the store. And if that's the way you pack your fridge and you really make an effort to get off of the, the easy fast food diet, I think you'll see huge change very, very quickly. Mark McEwen, thanks so much. Pleasure. 
That was Chef Mark McEwen. Check out his tips and recipes at myheartmatters.ca. And that brings us to the end of this week's edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. Be sure to come back next week to stay up to date with all things Zoomer worldwide. Zoomer Week in Review is produced by Zeev Hadi, Christine Ross, and Paul Thomas. Technical producer, Justin Eacock. Executive producer, Moses Neimer. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.